0: On this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we have Jeannie Brooks, and Jeannie's got a story of going from a collegiate AT down to working at the secondary school setting, and it was a unique transition and had lots of pluses uh, that really Jeannie took full advantage of, some that were a little surprising, i.e. she actually had more space. Uh, when she moved to the secondary school setting, which, uh, from what I've gathered from a lot of social media and some secondary school athletic trainers, is often not the case. So what we talked about is just a lot of the transition, uh, things that Jeannie picked up along the way that she was able to bring with her from her experience at the collegiate level to now working at the secondary level, and really what facilitated that transition and ultimately made it successful. So a lot of good information in here on that. So we hope you enjoy that part of the episode. We are excited to announce we are getting our first Throw a Lifeline kit out. We'll be sending that out hopefully here in the next couple weeks once all the materials get in so we can do that. We want to thank Mueller for being a part of that and uh, giving the kit part of it while everyone who donated um, from listening and or supporting i.e thank you peter sand for doing that um all those materials that go inside of it will be going as well and that is what was funded from this side so we thank you we're hoping to get this up and going again we have to go a little different route and some fundraising but more details on that to come but without further ado please enjoy this episode welcome to this episode of athletic training chat we are on with jeannie brooks and this is one um i don't know how excited she is but i am because we've been trying to make this happen uh for quite some time and um i've had plenty of things come up on my end um almost again today but here we are we're recording so this is good um Jeannie actually reached out because she was really interested in one of the t-shirts and I persuaded her that the only way we give those out is if you (laughs) want to tell us about yourself and what you do as an athletic trainer. So here we are, but really looking forward to it. I think the topic uh, that we're going to cover, which is kind of going from a collegiate AT to the secondary um, school athletic training setting is a really interesting one. I think even more so potentially in the times of kind of the jobs that are out there or, you know, and the lack of them getting filled, um, people may be looking for different transitions. So this could be really, you know, timely in terms of that. But before we get going, I'm going to turn it over to her to kind of fill in her background um, and how she got to where she is, and then we'll start talking about everything.
1: Yeah. So this is my sixth year out of graduate school. So I started, I took the kind of different path, the newer path that everybody is Starting to do, I did an undergrad in sports management. Actually, it wasn't even kinesiology or anything. I played athletics, I played sports, and so I did a sports management. I was, I had the idea of maybe being like an athletic director or something administrative. I really liked that side of it. Then I went into like an entry level master's program at the University of Central Oklahoma, and I spent two years there working with their athletics and different preceptors and everything, and so. That's kind of when I decided, I knew I wanted to be a college AT. I liked my time at the high schools, but just like the idea of working with adults and their athletics and things like that. And so when I graduated, I pursued a job. Um, I'm actually contracted by a a local hospital. So I was working with a college, but I also had my clinical hospital duties. So very busy in that aspect but I I really like my time in the college so that's where I started that's kind of how I got there was grad school I was like okay I like this I'm just gonna keep going
0: awesome and then currently you are yes
1: so currently I work at local high school it's actually a small high school class 4a I don't know if that means anything to anyone else but
0: I think it varies from state to state
1: yeah so there I have probably about 300 athletes which is a lot for one person but um compared to the larger high schools we out here have out here where people have six seven hundred plus sure. athletes so
0: so um, just for maybe more context even for me just asking the questions what sport or sports did you work with in your collegiate setting
1: yes yeah, so i was at an NAIA school And we actually just split sports schedule-wise. So instead of the traditional, you have soccer and basketball, and I have these sports. It was kind of hard to do that. Um, So we just kind of – this is the week coming up, and we just split every sport. So we had every sport, but football was the only sport that we didn't cover. And so out of college, I was with soccer, basketball, everybody.
0: Gotcha. So that really sets you up then to kind of have more of a – more experience I would even say for moving to the yeah. secondary setting so what did you take from your time in that collegiate setting and what did you learn and how have you applied it
1: yeah so in the collegiate setting you definitely get to do a lot more rehab and hands-on Um you have athletes coming in at all times of the day based on their class schedule so you get a lot more of that one-on-one time mm-hmm. and so I feel like that really helped me further my skills, you know, get more confident with rehab and not balancing a million things at once. I was just working with one to two athletes, not having 10 people screaming at me at once, you know? So, um, just having that schedule, that very structured schedule, like practice starts here. We have time is here. Treatment time is here at the college level. You have coaches, you're working with them. you have a really structured environment. I feel like.
0: Has that been a struggle or at all for you in terms of shifting from that setting where you were able to spend that time to the secondary school? Cause I work with my a colleague of mine now spent time in the secondary school setting at a pretty large institution and came and worked with me at a local university where he would help out with football with me, but then would go and cover just a basketball team. So it was a huge, you know, a lot less patience. Um, But I've always thought that it would be my struggle going to a secondary setting of not being able to do all those things and feeling like I wasn't doing all of the things that I, A, wanted to, but B, was providing the best level of care. How have you managed that?
1: Um, I think you just just wake up every day and do your best, do what you can in your five hours that you're there. It's kind of gun blazing from, I go in about 1.30. I sit and do paperwork and they get into seventh hour at 2.30. And so from 2.30 until I leave, it's just packed into place. So you just do what you can. Um, everybody's kind of all over the place, but I, I try to work a lot with my local physical therapist and stuff and sending kids to PT rather than trying to do a lot of it in the training room and yeah. delegating those things versus trying to just take it on myself. And I have a lot of student aides that are very interested in athletic training. So I try to give them a chance to learn some different taping other than ankles and things like that to try to take some things off of my plate.
0: Have you noticed, because I've thought about this too, like helped in almost, I I hesitate to use the word coaching, but you're kind of almost like coaching skills of like, while you can't necessarily be there, you know, doing the ankle rehab necessarily, but you might have to have. The athlete doing it on their own or having one of their teammates helping or like you referenced to student aid. Has that evolved for you?
1: Yeah. So, uh, like I said, learning to delegate, I feel like all athletic trainers, we like to take it all on and we like to do everything ourselves. And sure. I want to see you doing those heel walks correctly. You know, um, I had to let some of that go, like I said, and delegate that, but it's been a good experience for me because I feel like I, it helps the athlete when you can teach them almost how to do it. And they they do feel a little bit more responsible, like their kids in the high school setting. And so you're kind of teaching them how to be responsible for themselves. You know, I let them know, like, you need to do each rep correctly and all of those things to help yourself get better. Right. So it kind of teaches them some responsibility. And like I said, my students are so ready to be in college and learning and so they love helping with with things like that. So it just it gave me a new passion of teaching that I didn't know that I had. Gotcha. And so it's been really nice to mentor kind of that mentor aspect of things.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Any skills or ideas that you took from your time in the collegiate level down to the secondary school level, I don't—I don't mean down in a bad way, but to that level,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, you know, just potentially, you know, less resources and different things, but in moving to that level.
1: Yeah. So I, it was kind of a good situation because I actually got an upgrade in training room and facilities and things like that. There you via, go. Yeah, smaller high schools in Oklahoma—they take pride, and I have a great big athletic training room and lots of rehab equipment. So that's been a good yeah, a little bit of an upgrade. But I did take a lot of the like policies and procedures. Um, like I said on a college collegiate level, you're you have a lot of policies and procedures and protocols that you have to abide by. You know, people above you are making those decisions. And out of high school, it's a little bit more lax. So just in the summertime, like with football, it was hot, and I was you know making ice bags and had cooling fans and Gatorade and all of these things to help the kids not be dehydrated and all of these fancy things and they were like this is amazing we have never gotten care like this sure. <laughs> yeah they're like this is awesome I'm giving them popsicles after practice and stuff but I'm like but all of those things just make my job easier at the end of the day you know trying to keep them hydrated but just things like that um bringing it down as we said to the yeah, high school they're just the amazed yeah they're amazed at like how fast I can tape and just all of the things that I'm like this is what you have to look forward to if you go play you know at the next level.
0: Have you noticed that had any impact you know even in establishing relationships with the athletes but even with the coaches that you you know you had this perceived you know higher level experience you know working with collegiate athletes and obviously not everybody from high school gets to play in college so there is some difference there but has that been an asset in a way
1: yeah uh somewhat a lot of our coaches you know they're they've played places d1 and things like that in the past yeah. like a lot of the, we have a coach that played at ou and played defense and things like that so it's easy to level with and you kind of just have that shared experience and sure. um you know i don't mind practice going over 30 minutes because i'm used to being there until midnight you know like things like that it's just kind of those shared experiences kind of help you just bond on a different level because everybody knows the grind of being in college athletics and stuff. And so it kind of helps that rapport a little bit, I feel like.
0: So you may have, uh, you kind of maybe alluded to this already, but I know a lot of people moving from the collegiate to the secondary setting may not actually get an upgrade in facilities. That's fantastic that you did. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then even to kind of talking about the grind a little bit and how that's gone, but what was, what influenced you to switch the settings um, from collegiate to secondary?
1: So I actually didn't have a choice. Oh, wow, that makes (laughs) Um, sense (laughs) too. Yeah. So uh, my, like I said, I work for a local hospital and so they had stopped their contract with the college that I was at, kind of opened it for bidding to different the college had to open it for two different bidding for different places. And so oh. and in my orthopedic group, as soon as that was happening and we had an athletic trainer actually move to go to nursing school. And so it was just the perfect opportunity to kind of fill that, that space. And so I wasn't excited about it at first. I wasn't okay. exactly like, that's not what I had set out to do, but now that I've been there for six months or so, I absolutely love it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change change that experience. So
0: what were the hesitations? You know, obviously you didn't like you said you didn't have a huge choice and how this go but what were your or you know even some of your reservations about switching the setting?
1: I think in your head you have this idea that you know out of college you're working with elite athletes and they take care of themselves and they have a little bit more responsibility because they're adults and you have that idea in your head that's not always true all the time but um I I take care of the middle schoolers I take care of the JV kids who just play because their parents want them to play and so in my head going into it I kind of thought you know I don't I signed up to work with top elite level athletes you know you want to go work professional because you think that's the highest ability but it's it's really not like that like the ability of the athletes doesn't have a whole lot to do with your job at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Sure. How has it been, or have you figured anything interesting with, you know, working with adults, which is where I enjoyed, I spent the last a good part of my career working Division III, uh, which I, I really enjoyed having also worked Division one because you did, you were good at athletics, but it was dealing with adults, so it's just a little bit different standard I felt like you could hold them to versus yeah. high school kids where you, yes, they're minor. So that brings another layer of things in there. And, you know, just in terms of how that has worked, what have you learned? What Likes, dislikes, words of advice for people?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think communication is key. I've had to learn how to communicate so effectively, because I am communicating with minors and their parents. And I've had to learn when something happens, give the parents a phone call, whether it's you know, minor, but if they're getting treated in the athletic training room, it's always nice to send the parents a phone call or an email okay. or something just so they know what's going on. And they're, you know, you have a kid that you're like, well, I think you did this and that, and like you need to be referred. And the parents are like, I don't know anything about this. Their kids don't sure. communicate with them always. So that has been another layer that I've had to learn um, to add into things. So that's good on my behalf, just learning those communication skills sure. and how to talk to people and just all different kinds of people and things like that. So.
0: Gotcha. I haven't gotten too much lip back from some high schoolers or any, anything like that. No.
1: yeah, no. they're pretty thankful so far. I feel like I'm so hands on and working with them. They just they respond really. I feel like kids like they think so highly of you. They think you're this cool adult that's been out doing all these amazing things, and you're yeah.
0: like, oh,
1: not really, but. I'm glad you guys think that of me.
0: Yeah, it it is amazing how, what catches their attention.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I was giving a talk one to some high schoolers that might've been interested in athletic training and kind of went through my spiel. And, you know, this is what we do. Here's a couple of places I work, but then I've gotten to do a couple other things with, that involve some travel and boom, eyes lit up. It was just like, you did what to do yeah. what? Yeah, it is interesting what what caught their attention.
1: And I, and I think that they automatically trust you. And so like you kind of, you build relationships. I feel like at the college level, you have to really kind of prove yourself a little bit, kind of get yeah. people to come into the treatment room on their own. And high schoolers, they automatically trust you. They're minors. You're an adult. They You kind of already have that relationship established, which is sure. good. Um, I just wear, I wear, I'm a sneaker head. And so I wear a pair of shoes to the training room and they all are, think i'm the greatest person alive (laughs)
0: that's awesome
1: yeah
0: what's been the biggest hit so far
1: um well dunks all the kids are into dunks nowadays so that's always that's their number one shoe (laughs) to see me and i'm like i'm just an adult with an income they think it's the greatest
0: thing in In the six months you've been doing this, what do you think the biggest lesson you've learned or biggest takeaway that you've found so far
1: definitely um learning to say no to things and just learning to take care of myself um I like I said I think when I was at the collegiate level I was just like none of us are getting sleep none of us are we're all on a grind you know it wasn't it wasn't abnormal to get off the bus at midnight and then be back at the gym at 6 a.m um Oof. I think yeah, running myself down into the ground was normal because the athletes are doing it. The coaches are doing it. Everybody's of in that same boat. And so at the secondary school, I think I've just learned to take care of myself better and say no to things. And I don't have to be around 100% of the time. And that's been good for me as a person to kind of learn to take a break. You know, they don't practice on Saturdays because they're all going to the lake and doing things and so I've had to learn to take care of myself basically.
0: How has that process been for you because I feel like that's a really kind of a big thing that's been coming up in athletic training especially seeing some of these jobs and obviously with the pandemic you've got I've just heard from other people you know collegiate staffs working at 50-60 percent capacity because they just can't hire anyone and i gotta imagine again i and i say this every time i talk to a secondary school at i don't know how you all do it it, it just it's i don't know that i would be able to but i applaud and you know respect everybody for doing it. just because you're balancing so much there's however many teams and one of you but how is how have you worked to become more comfortable i guess would be the best way to ask it was saying no and protecting your time
1: It's been a transition because you feel almost guilty for taking care of yourself. You know, you feel, you feel kind of like, I have to be at every practice. I have to be at everything, but, um, trusting your coaches. I feel like, uh, I'm really hands on with helping the coaches with like first aid and care and prevention and things like that. And so I can kind of trust them to take care of minor injuries and, things like that when I'm not around because they are secondary school coaches they have to handle a little bit more of that than a, a collegiate setting right. coach would and so um but just learning say it's it's honestly been like pulling teeth like I didn't I didn't really want it for myself saying no has been very hard but it's once you start thinking like oh I have some free time I get to see my family on the weekends as you get into it it's it gets a little easier but I'm still in there are some late nights for no reason. Everyone's like, go home. I'm like, I'm trying. Okay, I will. But,
0: yeah, I, I understand that one, how I used to be too. If somebody's out there grinding, you want to grind a little bit harder, you know, just be part of it. But once you kind of get over that hesitancy or that guilt, as you reference, it can be a game changer. I think it makes, the, makes life just a little bit, more open and free, which is always a good thing too. Yeah.
1: I, like I said, their athletics doesn't start until two 30. So I used to, when I first started, I would go in at 11 AM and I'm like, okay, I'll do paperwork and I'll hang around and I'll be around. And now I'm like, I'll be there at two <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there when you guys are there, but honestly taking care of myself helps me take care of them better. Just Absolutely. because, like I said, it is, it is so rocking and rolling at two thirty on the dot. Um, so it's a lot easier if I'm not run down or need a lunch break or something. And so I'm taking care of myself and helped me take care of it better.
0: Uh, absolutely. Well said, um, anything else around this transition that you've had that we haven't covered that you'd like to,
1: well, I don't know. Like I like I had a plan and then, and then I kind of went all over the place, but there's so many, there's so many things that are the same and so many things that are different, um, I would just like to tell somebody like not to be so set on when you come out of school, like, Oh, I want to work in a professional setting. I want to work only yeah. in a college setting. Cause just being open to the possibilities and the relationships that you can make and stuff in different communities. Um, I would just say give everything a try cause you'd be surprised.
0: I agree. You can find purpose in so many different places that you do and apply that skill I, I, had really no interest in a clinical setting ever um but life presented things and that that was the best option and it's different but there are ways to find purpose in doing it and yeah remaining open to that's a good thing with that if you're up for it we can move into those athletic training chat questions
1: okay nice
0: So where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years? And feel free to set the example. It can be specific or broad. It's whatever you'd like.
1: I think a big focus right now um, after, you know, Katie transition to it having to be a master's program, I think that we'll see a lot of change in the compensation for athletic trainers. A lot of people are, you know I'm running into more people who actually know what athletic trainers are and the value that we bring and so I think that hopefully in the next five to ten years we can be compensated for that time and energy effectively and I hope that's the that's the biggest more people will want to become athletic trainers because they are being compensated fairly for their time and energy and things
0: yeah I think as much if we're in a job shortage which I'm not sure because it's kind of a flash in the pan i don't know if we can call it that quite yet yeah that's ultimately probably going to help because it's going to force the hand of people to pay more which hopefully then trickles out to the people that are currently there and it's not just the new hires um that are getting that but I, i hope that is what comes out of this as well and kind of revitalizes the profession in that from that sense
1: yeah I hope we get to see less people moving out of athletic training. There's a lot of people that, you know, they're in it five, seven, 10 years, and then they're going back to PA school or nursing school. And so I hope that we can retain people a little
0: bit longer. Agreed. So you've been out for six years from grad school, you said. Um, So what advice would you give yourself if you could go back to talk to yourself as a younger athletic trainer and if you could kind of set the example, you may have already covered this a little bit, but I'm gonna give the question to you. Again.
1: Yeah, um, number one would be humble yourself. Um, yes, I have definitely, you know, coming out of school, I thought I was really prepared, and I have just seen the craziest things that are not written in any textbook. Skin. um it's, definitely humble yourself, be more open and willing to learning and um, connecting with other people. Uh, not putting, I don't really do this a lot, but not putting yourself on an island, but asking for help, the athletic trainers around you, everybody is a really good tool. And so using those and, um, just being more open to learning everything.
0: I think that's good advice. Um, what has been, the most influential resource that you've come across in your career so far?
1: I think that, um, I've kind of talked about it, that I work for an orthopedic group and there's about um, eight or nine of us that work together. And so my coworkers are the most amazing people ever. So I really like the idea of working for an orthopedic group. I can call any of the doctors anytime I can call any of the PAs anytime and just having those other people has been a great resource for me. Um, I like having the hospital kind of to back me up versus sure. just being hired by a school or things like that. So that's been the biggest resource is just my, my colleagues, the people people around me.
0: Fantastic. So this is one of our newer questions. I think you're oh. the third person to answer this one. So nice.
1: Scary. Um,
0: as an AT in your role, how do you take care of yourself?
1: Oh, that's a good question um really blocking out time um setting boundaries um i think all of us can remember a time that we're trying to sit down and eat lunch and we get interrupted and things like that and so a lot of times for myself setting those boundaries has been really helpful saying like hey come back in 10 minutes hey come back in five minutes and people have zero problem doing that for you and so setting boundaries i think is the biggest thing um you know, maybe saying like, I'm not going to cover something on a Sunday night because me and my family have standing dinner, you know, Sunday nights. So just setting those boundaries, people are really understanding. I used to um, kind of feel guilty or tell myself, like, Mm. we're not going to understand, but people definitely understand So setting boundaries has been the biggest thing, helping take care of myself.
0: Awesome. If you could change or eliminate one thing could be a modality a common practice a mindset or whatever you choose in the field of athletic training what would it be
1: oh that's a hard question (laughs) um probably the ice thing everybody wants to ice injuries and that's a big thing right now a big topic that I read up on a lot and that people around me are we're really looking into movement versus immobilization and Mm -hmm. Inflammatory, anti-inflammatory drugs and things like that so I uh, just learned about that but I would really like to stop the well they just told me to put ice on it and rest and I'm like yeah we're not going to do that
0: here right <laughs> yep that is always that is a common one in a argument slash conversation I've had with a lot of people
1: yeah it kind of puts more work on yourself because you can't just slap ice on it you know you can't be like I'll oh, just go put some ice on right it. but it's better for everyone
0: (laughs) and that's what yes right there that's what i always came back to is like is that really the best we can do like with just a little bit more effort we could probably help you get going instead of passive so yes exactly and then the last one is what does being an athletic trainer mean to you
1: um it is definitely my way of giving a service to the world. Um, I love athletics and that's something that I'm interested in, but really helping people compete and be them, their best selves and what it can give to a life in general as a whole is uh, being a part of that is really important to me and really fulfilling and just helping people um, kind of become whole persons and learn lessons and things like that is really that service is what what it's all about for me
0: love it great answer um anything else that you'd like to share
1: no i think we covered it all i think i think uh i might need another t-shirt if i think about something else but
0: fair enough we're always up for we're always up for repeat episodes 2.0 yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) um then i guess in closing if people want to reach out to you or connect or if they had a question what's the best way to get a hold of you and we'll link all this up
1: yeah, so I, you could put my Twitter handle at Jeannie Rick's underscore, I believe it is. Um, I don't only just talk about athletic training on there, so maybe if you're sure. <laughs> interested also in basketball and pop culture and things like that, so that would probably be the best way to reach out to me.
0: Perfect. We will get that linked up. Um, really appreciate you taking the time. glad we actually got to get this yeah. um, done since I've rescheduled yeah. on you on numerous uh, <laughs> occasions, but. Uh, look forward to staying in touch and connecting in the future.
1: Yeah, thank you so
0: much.